A scan of the room revealed a 13-inch Dumont with rabbit ears riveted to a lazy Susan. American bandstand on mute, left on since who knows when by who knows whom. On the bedside table, an old wet wipe, desiccated, lay crumpled in an amber ashtray. Beside it, a general electric clock radio flashed 12 a.m. and three-quarter time. Attached to the room door was a fire escape route map, occluded by an unidentifiable stain. Two night chains, three deadbolts. The room balcony was no man's land. A sliding door seized shut since time immemorial. Through the cheesecloth curtain veiling the mildewed security glass a translucent vista. It was a bird's-eye view of a pawnbroker, kitty-corner to the east, a small bar-windowed storefront. It was local neighborhood color. Its current circumstances also made it something more. An eerie flashback of tragedies past. The mad city in the spring of 68. Two Flagstaff PD prowl cars and a morgue wagon sport parked across the sidewalk attended to a local matter. The street-side cabaret spelled robbery homicide. She'd seen it before. Beside the prowlers, an unmarked impala, olive green on parchment brown. A sign on the dash read, Official Police Vehicle. A print man in plain clothes carrying an attaché case slouched in the middle of a uniform confab. The coroner stood to the side and chained cigarettes. A pair of sawhorses kept back looky-loos. Yellow crime scene tape galore. Fast forward. Same day, high noon plus fifteen minutes. Daytime surveillance outside his West End bungalow. The monster's lair. His latest abode scored with fake creds, eerily close to the university campus as usual. A dump of social security numbers on the sly-by friend on the inside had kicked loose a known alias on the lease for the place. The details leaked to her while still back in Michigan. By 1 p.m. she'd closed to within 50 feet with a fake lost dog cover story to avoid suspicion. The whole time, eyeballing and then daring to open the mailbox, stuffed to the max. Publishers Clearing House and Franklin Mint Mailers, a final notice from the electric company. A dozen more items with mechanically typed labels. Nothing personal. On the lawn, a pair of Daily Sun Daily Editions chucked there by a keener paperboy. The monster was AWOL again. Gone at least two days. She'd need to follow her intuition and hit the NAU campus library. Give or take a twenty-minute walk. Unless he'd blown town for another spot on the map, there's nowhere else he could be. He'd be there watching, waiting. Stalking. She'd stop him this time. She'd have to. It was, after all, her purpose in life. A world shaped by torment and obsession. It was an all-consuming calling. Alpha to Omega. On the way now, walking along the most direct route, out of nowhere a speed trap came into view. She scoped a motor cop and aviators doing point and pulls on the north side of West Franklin. As she passed by on foot, 
the city band on the cops Kawasaki KZP kicked in. The disembodied voice of a shrill dispatcher spewing ten code and other alphanumeric gobbledygook suddenly reverted to plain English. And all units alert went live. Nuclear emergency in the state of Pennsylvania. Her ears perked up. Anything nuke related in 79 was a Cold War wire in the blood. On cue, the cops stowed the radar gun, punched the Harley into gear, and sped off hellbent. Linda half-walked, half-ran to the next block, where West Franklin became East Franklin, to find a student stereo shop having a spring sidewalk sale. A marked-down Hitachi hi-fi facing the street shot out more details than a local lefty AM station. Partial meltdown. Three-mile island evacuated. Governor...